Up next is the Daily Devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 14. Verse 12 of our text goes on saying, He also said to the one who invited him, When you make a dinner or a supper, don't call your friends, nor your brothers, nor your kinsmen, nor rich neighbors, or perhaps they might also return the favor and pay you back. But when you make a feast, ask the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they don't have the resources to repay you, for you will be repaid in the resurrection of the righteous. Jesus continues to give instruction concerning kingdom protocol with his dinner guests. We too have much to learn in all of this, for when many of us enter a room, we look for our friends and immediately we gravitate toward our own clique. Jesus, however, enters a room and looks for the need, wherever it might be. Humility in this case is serving the needy and those that cannot repay. Those that are void of power and clout. Such action has a great personal payday, but rarely in this life, to tell you the truth. One must have an eternal perspective to live this way. One must be filled with the Spirit of God to live this way. For to live this way requires a divine perspective. Not just a divine salvation, but a divine living. Such a life dynamic is what separates the wheat from the chaff, the confessor from the professor, the real thing from the pretender. Verse 15 of our text says, But when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who feasts in God's kingdom. But he said to him, A certain man made a great supper, and he invited many people. He sent out his servant at supper time to tell those who were invited, Come, and everything is ready now. They all as one began to make excuses. First one said, I have bought a field and I must go and see it. Please have me excused. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I must go try them out. Please have me excused. Another said, I have married a wife and therefore I can't come. Jesus herein continued speaking concerning the dynamic of the kingdom of God. Indeed, such is the kingdom yet to come, but even more so, a kingdom that exists here and now. That special place, if you will, of living in the presence of God himself, one that comes through our salvation and through the spirit indwelling. Someone who was present that day at the table spoke out about the blessedness of such a place the joy of one who could eat at the table of the Lord. Jesus goes on to speak of that table and the feast that would surround it. He does so by telling a parable, a story about the way things really are once one pulls back all the glitter and the lights. For despite the apparent wonder and joy of such a place, mankind seems to inevitably have excuses why they are unable to attend. The invitation had gone out. The table was set. And yet everyone had their own excuse for why they could not attend. Yet all their reasons were worldly, 
each one placed higher in priority uh, than that of the activities, than attendance at the table of blessing. Possessions, business, even family. They were all offered up as reasons, quote unquote, for not making their presence at that table their first priority. They were not scolded for having these things in their lives, but rather simply because they took precedence over Christ. They said they could not come, but what they really meant was, I will not come. Verse 21, that servant came and told his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor, the maimed, the blind, and the lame. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as you commanded, and there is still room. And the Lord said to the servant, Go out to the highways and the hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I tell you that none of those men who were invited will taste of my supper. Those invited would not come. So God, well, he went with plan B. Please know that there are many places in Scripture where Jesus demands commitment, and teaches discipleship and does so in strong language. Here, however, he simply points out how very much we have to lose by failing to come to dinner. Just like then, those with the greatest open door invitation are often the ones who are the last to take advantage of it. In Christ's day, well, these were the Jews. In our day, it is many of the churched believers Churches are full today with believers that are, well, too busy to dine with Christ, too caught up with the things of the world to take part in the kingdom. So the master goes on and finds those who are willing to put him first. Please note that it doesn't matter where they came from, or what their past has been, or where they were in the past. In fact, they are still welcome at his table. Therefore, that places them in a unique position to appreciate the magnitude of his grace. So often these folks will respond to his love by loving him first, above all the world can offer. Perhaps because they have for so very long eaten the fast food of this world and have been left still hungry sad thing is those who were originally invited pass through this life being or trying to be satisfied with that which the world serves up they never know the joy and the blessing of being in that place to experience all that god has designed they will never taste his supper verse 25 says now great multitudes were going with him and he turned and said to them if anyone comes to me and doesn't regard his own father and mother wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life also, he can't be my disciple. Jesus now cuts to the chase. If he held back before, he wasn't anymore. He places the whole picture out there in a razor-sharp clarity. He is saying, unless he is first, then we aren't his disciples. Period. In light of all of Christ's other teachings, we cannot understand this passage to mean that hatred 
is in any way required or even desired in any form, even though we know versions of Scripture like the King James will use that word. His comments here serve as a, of a, a rather as a hyperbole designed to instruct in the most intensive manner. His point was and is that in comparison to our relationship with Christ, our earthly relationships with even our family members are to seem as hatred in comparison. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Tim Dodson and Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com.